You're listening to the Red Commentary Investing 101 series, designed to bring you valuable information on financial topics that are important to you. Good day to all of our investors and general listeners. This is the Rudd Commentary. My name is Josh Rudd, and I'll be your host again on this presentation today. For our new listeners who may not be familiar with who we are, at Steer Wealth, we manage investments for successful families, high-performing professionals, and organizations across the country and become your wealth manager, confidant, and personal CFO so you can relax and focus your time and energy on what is important to you. Today, we're starting to get some feedback from our listeners, which is exciting. Uh, one of these topics we have just received some feedback on is investing in gold and silver. And so that we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But before we begin, I normally like to have something funny at the beginning, but uh, this time it's, it's pretty, pretty tough to find uh, any jokes about gold and silver without offending somebody. So what I'm going to do is uh, give you a fun fact today. Uh, all of the gold ever mined in the world, a lot, most of which is still around, which I think is really cool because, uh, you know, the gold in, in included in a Roman coin uh, 2,000 years ago might be in a piece of jewelry that you have. Um, so that's, that's pretty cool to think about. But if you think about the entire supply, um, if it was put on a tennis court at Wimbledon, um, it would only be 10 meters high. So when you think about precious metals and, and why would, there's an intrinsic demand for that commodity, um, it's very interesting to look at it from that perspective. So let's, uh, let's jump right in. All right, Josh. So tell me how we can own gold and silver. There's a lot of different ways you can own uh, gold and silver. Uh, one is just through the actual American Eagle gold coins that the U.S. Mint produces. You can get those a lot of different ways, but uh, they come in many different denomination sizes. The most common is a one-ounce round. So when you see folks talking about gold and silver, you see them being passed down from generation to generation. This is probably the most common form that we see. And, you know, we have a term in our business called uh, fungible. You know, th those assets are very simple to transfer and change those into cash. They're, they're a very liquid investment. You can also own through gold bars. You can get them in different amounts. You know, you see movies, you know, especially a lot of World War II movies where, you know, you see all these big stacks of gold bars. Actually, uh, very rare to actually see a, a real one these days. But you can get them in different sizes as well. Uh, a lot of people don't think of jewelry out there. You know, there's a lot of gold jewelry, and I think India is the largest consumer of gold jewelry in the world today. But you know, those are basically the ways that most individuals own gold, either through a mutual fund, ETF, which are uh, pretty close, are very similar. You can own those through coins, bars, and jewelry. That's that's going to be the way that most uh, of our listeners have exposure to gold. Can you talk a little bit on how we use gold and silver here at Steer Wealth in our portfolio? Absolutely. So, you know, the price of gold is a good barometer for uh, the general public's or investors' faith in our monetary policy or the Federal Reserve Bank policy, um, you know, as, as the price moves up, I think you can be pretty confident that investors are a little dissatisfied with that policy. And so it is what we call a safe haven in our industry. So gold historically has not been a great long-term investment. When you look over the last 500 years, the returns are actually pretty dismal. You have to look back to the 1930s and 40s where we really saw uh, the gold price after it was allowed to float freely. We really saw that performance pick up, especially after September 11th. If you're looking for a kind of a, a spot on the chart to go back and look at, when you look at September 11th, 2001, and I believe gold was trading in the three dollars to $400 range. 
uh, back then. And so it's not the best long-term investment. However, it doesn't have a, a real good correlation with the stock market at certain times. So it is a nice investment for us to hedge and and for us to take a position uh, if we feel that things are not going the way that we would like to see them go or we think that assets are a little overpriced. Silver, on the other hand, I, I think I should mention is a little different. Uh, the correlation in general to the overall stock market, you know, silver is more of an industrial metal uh, and is used. So the price is a lot more volatile and it's not going to be as used as much as a safe haven for that reason. The second is it's just physically difficult to hold the safe that you would have to have uh, to have a quarter of a million dollars of silver versus a quarter of a million dollars of gold. I mean, there's just a big <laughs> difference there. The, the ratio has historically been about 50 to 1 uh, pricing, and it, it varies from time to time. But uh, when you see a firm like ours hold more gold and silver, uh, it's really an indication that we are uh, not happy with the pricing that we have in different investment alternatives. It's not something that we're going to take as a, as a long-term position, but we also use it as a hedge against uh, short-term stock market declines, and we also hold that position when we're concerned about, uh, about monetary policy as well. So another question I had is, where can I buy gold and silver, and is it a good asset for me to have? The wonderful thing about gold and silver is that it's, it is pretty liquid. There, there's a uh, you know, when you think about going anywhere in the world, we've been we've been coining in gold and silver for a very long time, and so the general public, even those that that are not educated in, in that type of investment, are familiar with gold and silver. And there's a, there's a ready market. I believe a lot of the concern or illiquidity uh, in that asset class of holding physical gold and silver really is just has to do with education and information. So it's not about whether or not mm-hmm. it's an asset class that investors feel comfortable holding. It's just they don't know where to go to cash it in. So let's talk a little bit about that. So one of the most important things to consider when or if you decide to invest in physical gold and silver is first, where are you going to get that gold and silver from? You know, Who are you going to purchase that from? And so it's very important that you use a reputable dealer to get that. there's I know there's been talk of some forgeries uh, increasing recently coming out of China. And we can talk about that later if you'd like on how to spot those. But you need to know a reputable dealer. And if uh, I'm not going to go through names on this uh, podcast, but that's that's something we can do for our clients and investors or really any, any listener uh, today. If you do have any questions about where to source physical gold and silver, we don't do that. We're not a broker. But we do have a lot of relationships with reputable dealers, and we'd be happy to to pass that information along. But I'd say that's the most important thing. Also, understanding exactly what you want to buy. We talked about different kinds, coins, bars, jewelry, things like that. I like coins because they're very easy. They're very recognizable. The American Eagle is kind of the standard in gold and silver coins. And you know what you're getting uh, as long as you're working with a reputable dealer. And it's also easy to price. So you ask a little bit about cost and and pricing. So you can turn on the TV to any of your business news channels and see what the price is of gold and silver, right? But there's a cost in actually minting that. So what I've found, if you have a good dealer online, one of the larger ones, you'll probably pay somewhere between a 3 and 5% markup. Uh, per coin when you go out, you know, if gold's trading at, you know, fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars an ounce, you know, that's that can be pretty significant. You know, s- you know, somewhere around the forty to eighty dollar range, I have found per coin is is pretty normal. 
Um, silver, on the other hand, it's it's uh, we talked about it. I mean, it's, it takes a lot more of it to get to that fifteen hundred dollars. So the markup tends to be a lot higher. It's not uncommon with silver for that markup to be in the you know the ten to twelve percent range. So that's just something to be aware of. Uh, there's something called the spot price, which our investors may not know a whole lot about. It spot's pretty easy to remember. If you were to buy that commodity or basically any commodity, and you were going to take delivery right then on the spot. You know, that's the price you pay for it. So it's pretty simple. Uh, so you can look, you can flip on the television, you can look at, you know, whatever the price of gold is, you know, on typical gold coins, you know, plan that there's going to be some markup. Most of those same dealers that are going to sell you gold and silver, reputable ones, will buy from you right around that spot price. And, you know, it, they can get you your money pretty quick. So it's a very liquid investment as long as you buy right. And that's why I suggest, you know, the American Eagle gold coins, the, uh, the bullion that has a well-known stamp on it from a mint that's pretty recognizable. And those dealers can give you advice on, on what, what are going to be the most liquid uh, ways to own that gold and silver. I'm surprised you haven't asked me about storage of all this gold and silver. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. That was actually the next thing I wanted to talk about. So let's say I'm an investor. I go buy a ton of gold and silver. The next step is obviously storing it. What do I do with it? It's a heavy metal, difficult to carry. What do I do next? Where do I put it? Yeah, that's that's a big question we get, and it's something that you need to think about. So, especially with silver, gold, gold uh, because of the denomination is not as big of a problem. But silver, if you're buying it and you're buying a lot of it, it's heavy and it's it takes up a lot of space, right? So, one of the interesting things a lot of investors don't know is Many of the, the dealers, the reputable dealers that are known throughout the country, they have programs where they will actually store your physical gold and silver for you. And then you can choose to take delivery at a later time. And they do charge a, a very minor fee for this, but it's actually a great option to use if you don't have an adequate storage facility or safe or secure location in your home or a safety deposit box, which is another option. Those are still private. I know some banks don't have those, but some of the larger banks do, where you can go in and in a private room and you can check the contents or review or store things like gold and silver. And if you don't have that option, you could always opt to use the storage that the dealers provide as well. So other than that, uh, you just have to have a, a pretty big safe. Well, it looks like I'm going to have to get one. I did have another question. You mentioned this briefly earlier, that there have been forged um, and fake gold and silver out there. Do you have any advice for our listeners? I do. And this is something I'm really glad you asked, because if we're going to talk about something as important as gold and silver, we need to discuss this because it is increasing. So when I say we, again, our, our firm does not uh, we're not a broker for gold and silver, but just being in the business we're in, we have relationships and, and we talk to a lot of experts on a regular basis. And the first thing that I would do is work with a reputable dealer. That's number one. The dealer's going to have much more experience working with that type of metal or precious metal for you. They're going to know what to look for. They're going to have machines now, the technology to test that coin to make sure that it is a legitimate one ounce American Eagle gold coin or bullion or whatever the case may be. So that's number one. Uh, make sure you're working with a reputable dealer. So we don't want to encourage anybody to go on Craigslist or other websites <laughs> and, and plop down a lot of cash. Number one, I think there's some safety issues there just in the exchange. But uh, uh, number two, work with a reputable dealer. 
One of the best things about purchasing something as ubiquitous as an American Eagle gold coin is they have very precise specifications on how they're minting these coins. And I want to share a few things with you. So probably the easiest thing that most investors can do is just check the diameter, the width, and the weight of the coin. And if it's 100% gold, we know exactly, and the Mint publishes those, and you can Google those on the internet, but we know exactly what the specifications should be for that coin. And I have stood next to individuals in these transactions that have had a small little scale. They also have uh, small little tools where that you can use to weigh that coin uh, and measure the width and the diameter uh, to make sure that everything is in line with those specifications. So I'd say that that's one of the biggest pieces of information that investors can have. And you can e- easily Google those and just take a look at those on the internet. For example, I know that that the weight of a coin, because I've handled them so much, is exactly 33.93 grams. And then it's off by any more than just a fraction. I think that that coin is suspect, but that's probably the biggest way for you to tell. I want to throw some cautions out there for investors. One of the tactics that I've seen a lot with counterfeit and forgeries is placing these coins in protective cases or some type of plastic sleeve Uh, similar to a retail package. I don't know if y'all have ever gone into a store like Best Buy and you tried to open something and it's almost impossible to get open. That is a tactic I've seen and and we've seen, I have seen dealers walk me through and show me the counterfeit precious metals that they've gotten in. A lot of them have come out of those protective sleeves. And what's Mm. cool now is we have the technology to actually go through that protective sleeve and and check that without even opening it. So that's that's uh, it's just a note of caution. So I think that that just at first glance, when you look at those, and it looks very official, doesn't it? And then one of the challenges, it's uh, it's it's less likely to be opened. So I would challenge all of our investors that if you're going to spend the money and, and time in investing in physical gold and silver, definitely be cautious uh, when you see those protective sleeves and cases. American Eagle gold coins do not come in protective sleeve cases. Neither do the silver ones. They come in tubes. And sometimes dealers put them in small little plastic sleeves and don't be afraid to remove them. Um, They can be handled. They don't have to be mint. So I think that's probably uh, one of the most valuable points of, of this discussion. Well, thanks for all the information, Josh. And thanks for giving a caution to any investors as well. Is there anything else you'd like to cover today on precious metals? I don't think so. At this time, I would just want to thank all of our investors and listeners. We've gotten a lot of feedback over the last couple of podcasts on topics, and that's extremely valuable for us. So thank you again. And if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, please take the time to rate our podcast and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your preferred podcast platform and never miss an episode. Also, if you know any other investors who would enjoy the show, please share the Rudd Commentary podcast through email or on social media. We also like feedback on our program and ideas for future topics. If you have the time, we would love to hear from you. All of us here at Steer Wealth would like to thank you, our investors and clients, for your trust. Thank you for allowing us to be your partner in your long-term financial journey. We take our role very seriously. Thank you very much for listening today. This is the Rudd Commentary. I'm your host, Josh Rudd. And from all of us here at Steer Wealth, invest long and prosper. This commentary is distributed for informational purposes only and is not intended to constitute legal, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Nothing herein constitutes any offer to sell or solicitation of any offer to buy any security. 
All investment strategies and investments involve risk of loss, including the possible loss of principal invested, and nothing herein should be construed as a guarantee of any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Any opinions expressed by employees of the Rudd Company are the Rudd Company's opinions and do not reflect the opinions of any affiliates. The opinions expressed by guest speakers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Rudd Company or any affiliates. Guest appearances on this program does not imply the Rudd Company's endorsement of any entity, person, product, service, or investment. All opinions are current and only as of the date of recording and are subject to change without notice.